Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 765. Never give up on your passion. Keep pushing and always just stay true to yourself. That's what's really, really going to make you you and people will respect you more for it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Ezekiel Wheeler. Love the last name. Ezekiel, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I can't wait. Let's roll. All right. Ezekiel Wheeler has been reporting on automotive culture and industry dynamics since his time as a transportation design student at Art Center College of Design back in 2007. He entered the automotive journalism industry in 2008 when his blog, Automotive Styles, gained international popularity for Southern California car culture and trend reporting. Since then, his work has been featured across many publications, including European Car Magazine, Rob Report, Petrolicious, Gestalten Publications, and Automotive Conduct, his new petrol-infused content destination, which launches this summer. Other professional accomplishments include his time at Jaguar Land Rover North America and Faraday Future as a product communication specialist. So, Ezekiel, I have told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles before we get into some of the questions? Absolutely, yeah. It all started when I was 14 years old. Uh, my father had a brand new uh, Chevy Suburban at the time and a 69 Camaro pulled up next to us. Forest green, black vinyl top. I still remember it. And I was struck by how an old car could hold my attention longer than my father's new car. And I had to figure out what it was. And that's been my mission ever since then is to figure out what that pull is. What that pull, yeah, definitely that is a pull on all of our heartstrings. Well, as we continue on your journey and learn a little bit more about you, I always start with a success quote. This is a mantra or some kind of saying that has some meaning to you in life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So Ezekiel, take the wheel. For me, I'm kind of a Yankees fan, and I get a lot of crap for that living in L.A. But <laughs> Yeah, what's going on with that? <laughs> East Coast family roots. But uh, yeah. for me, it's uh, Yogi Berra's, uh, you know, it ain't over until it's over. I, I live that way. I try to conclude my work that way. And until that final thing is actually turned in, done, success, and I have a beer in my hand, I'm a happy boy. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know, I like that. And I think that's the first time that quote's been used here. I've heard so many awesome mantras and quotes. Here on Cars, yeah. So give me another example of how that has strong meaning for you because you've gotten your hands involved in a lot of things. You've got a new thing, a new venture that we're going to talk about here. How does that have even more meaning for you and your business and your career? Well, I, I've been rather persistent my entire life. So I was uh, 15 years old and managed to get into the SEMA show uh, with my father. So, you know, a little before the age cutoff. Yeah. But uh, I, I managed to get in there and I was determined to meet Chip Foose. And I was determined to find out what this automotive design world was about, this world of fabrication and hot rod and craftsmanship. And I was new. I didn't know anything. I thought an exhaust tip is what made cars loud at the time. So I had a lot of I had a really big hill to climb. Uh -huh. And uh, that determination got me in the SEMA show where I met Chip Foose. And if you go back in the archives, I was actually on the first episode of Rides. 
when that was still around. No kidding. And yeah, oh, yeah. So cool. we, we did a pickup one on one, and I had been to have a couple sketches on me, like, uh, you know, a novice journalist. And Chip is one of the nicest guys in the industry. And he just kind of really opened up. It, I felt like I was the only person in the room. And this is SEMA we're talking about. And that kind of openness and dedication towards making sure the next generation was a part of the craft is what pushes me to want to do that for the next generation coming up. I mean, you have a world of autonomy and things like that where car culture is kind of drifting. And I feel that car culture is the only way that's going to keep that moving. And so understanding that and moving forward and again, pushing and pushing and pushing and trying to be that an, an extra force in the industry that can make sure, make sure that the car industry stays alive. That's my, that's my drive. That's what keeps me going. And again, it goes back to that quote, it ain't over until it's over. And so when I'm in the ground with dirt on my, on my head, then uh, people can say, you know, Zeke was a part of that car culture. And that's, that's big to me. And that's what I want to leave behind. That's part of my legacy. Well, it's awesome, and it's big to all of us in the car hobby to keep this whole passion moving forward. And there's some some wavering, some drifting, as you mentioned there, uh, in the car industry. But I do run across a lot of young people that are interested, and I think through the kind of things that I'm doing and you're doing, we can show these young folks a path and the way. So uh, not that you're an old guy like me. <laughs> I understand completely what you mean. Well, let's go back in time. You talked about sitting in that car with your dad and looking down at that cool hot rod and going, oh, there's something about that car. But would you share with us a story that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment? Maybe that was it when you realized that you were a car guy. Yeah, I mean, that was a big one. Funny enough, uh, after that, for the next couple of years, me fantasizing that I was going to end up with some awesome car at the age of 16, uh, which wasn't the case. I ended up in a 94 Volvo beige on beige on beige Uh, (laughs) as my first car. It basically meticulated into uh, my mother taking me to my first hot rod show. Cool. Uh, And that was really cool. She grew up in the era of lowriders when that was starting to bubble up and she grew up around muscle cars and things like that. And she loved the paint, the fabrication, the craftsmanship, the chrome, the sounds, the people, the music. I mean, that was a part of her DNA. And it really kind of rubbed off on me when she took me to my first Good Guys Hot Rod Show. Oh, nice. Uh, and it was one of the big ones, Del Mar, uh, at the time that I was living in San Diego. Yeah. And talk about influencing a young man uh, with the noises and the collectors and the, the paint and just everything about it really just cemented what I was doing. And fortunately, while I was there, uh, I happened to stumble upon this career path of car body designer. I had no idea what that was, and it kind of found me. Uh, I wanted to be a fighter pilot, but my glasses and my prescription didn't really help that. Oh, so yeah. So I yeah. had to find a new career path, and then uh, this one kind of found me. It hit all the right marks. I could go fast. I could do cool things and make sexy things and be a part of a really fun, fast industry. So uh, it, it turns out a kid in my class knew about Art Center College of Design. And, uh, you know, my entire career has been by uh, destiny. I I firmly believe that there's there's always been someone close, someone near, someone that's just within arm's reach that that can help push my 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 passion even further and actually further cement it and say, oh, I can keep going. I can keep going. I can keep going and just really, really hone that skill. Uh, And that's where it kind of led me to Art Center. That was it for me. We moved back to Arizona at the time uh, and I was like. Okay, I'll do what I got to do here in Arizona, but I'm moving to Pasadena. I will go to Art Center, and I was able to do that. I've had so many guests here on the show from Art Center, and 
Chip Foos, I'm going to get him on the show one of these days. I'm working on it. He was scheduled back in January and had to cancel due to an illness and haven't been able to get back on his calendar. He's a very busy guy, but uh, I will land him one day. But yeah, Del Mar Fairgrounds, the good guy show. I went to my first Grand Prix race there. Oh, the wow. LP cars were running around yeah, that, that yeah. course. Yeah, I was living at the time within earshot, so you could hear them practicing and... Uh, yeah, really, really fun stuff. So great story. Well, what I want to do now is go down some of the paths and roads you've been down and talk a little bit about a challenge or a failure that you faced along the way. Of course, the most important part of these challenges have to do with what they teach us. So tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career and your business. Oh, wow. Uh, for me, it's a couple of stumbling stones before I got to where I needed to go. Uh, I think the biggest turning point was while I was in school. Uh, at Heart Center. And it was about 2008, which we all know really did a number on the auto industry and, and, the, and the world for that matter and how we conducted business and how we did things. So I was the only one that was really, really optimistic about the whole uh, at school. And I did an interview while I was at LA Auto Show and, you know, NBC was trying to get that story like, oh, the car industry sucks. How are you going to get a job? And I was like, you know what? I'm watching the Roman Empire fall and I got to take notes. So how do I push that forward? How do I how do I figure out how to find my path if it's not just going to be given to me? Whereas before it's 2008, the perception was the design studios were all over the world. You could work wherever you wanted. It was a six-figure salary coming out of Art Center, you know, this fantasy world that designers could do no wrong. And then by 2009, a vast majority, I'd say 75% of the design studios in California closed. And then uh, other studios were being consolidated and minimized. And, you know, they were outsourcing to globalization. It really got me to go, whoa, it is not just me that thinks I'm the most awesome person on the planet. Because it's easy to do as a young kid that, you know, gets to do those things. It really got me to look at different aspects of the industry and understand what was important. Blogging just started. And I was told, hey, you've got really good inspiration and you can pull you know, a presentation together like nobody else. So why don't you start a blog? I was like, yeah, whatever. I have no idea what the heck that is. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I jumped on WordPress, launched a blog. At the time, it was called Ezekiel's Blog. So unless you knew me, you would never find this. Right. So by today, what I know now, it was the, the worst way to start a blog. Terrible. Not too much you know, SEO, SEO working yeah, for you there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no one's going to find this. And sure enough, once the analytics turned on, it was seven people a week following. Word got around as to what I was doing, and it quickly went from seven people a week to 100,000. Oh, my gosh. And wow. this was in a span of about six months. And I was like, uh, maybe I should figure this out. Like, what is this? And once I started connecting with people and going to shows and, you know, producing, you know, self-made content and things like that and applying my education to the field and looking at things a little bit more deconstructed and reconstructing it and repurposing it as, as something a little bit different, it really helped me stick out and it really helped me come up with a new angle on how to do traditional things. And that's what really helped launch my entire career because I took on a small team. We started our own digital magazines. We renamed the blog <laughs> to Automotive Styles where we wanted to invite a little bit of culture, a little bit of lifestyle at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was wonderful. We had so much fun. We had so much access to so many cool things. Talking to some of the biggest designers in the world where had I taken the traditional design path, I would have never in my entire life had that chance to talk one-on-one -on -one with Ian Callum if I was working at Nissan. You know, right. or had that opportunity to talk to Ken Okiyama 
being nobody off the street, fresh out of college. I mean, those right. are like unheard of. As a college student, you go up with your portfolio and you're like, look, 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 I'm, I, I need you to critique. Like, tell me if I'm doing this right. That's your only interaction. Right. And I was always the guy off to the side. I remember fondly a, a moment with Chris Bangle while he was at Art Center. And I just remember asking him, like, how are your kids? How's your family? Like, how are you? What have you been working on? I saw that one thing you did that's really cool, but here's what I think. And then we just wax philosophically and share a couple of laughs. And it was a little bit more uh, memorable for them. And it was memorable for me because you get to share those unique moments. You just didn't fall into the crowd. Right. And that's what I wanted to bring. That's what I wanted to do. And that helped push me in directions that were out of this world. It helped me you know, establish a career as a freelance designer, but also the budding start to a journalist. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't know that. You know, My fifth grade teacher always told me I'd be a great writer. And I was like, I like cars. I like to draw. What do you mean I'm going to be a great writer? And here I am. <laughs> writing for, you know, publications all across the world. I'm like, wow, well, she could see me now. That'd be, <laughs> she was right on the money. <laughs> she had you all figured out. Well, you know, both Ken and Chris have been past guests here on the show. And mm-hmm. I share your thoughts because the opportunity to sit and talk with people from all over the world and all over di- different aspects, but I love design as well. That's my background. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. Sounds like you've had a, a few aha moments in your career. So take us down the path where one of them really had a uh, a great uh, influence on you. For me, I would say my most recent tenure at uh, Faraday Future. Uh, when I was there, I got to be a part of its rapid increase and, you know, trying to maintain that momentum as a startup. Incredibly intense moment. But it's in a, it's a moment where I got to learn all different aspects of the automotive industry. I was originally brought in as a product technology guy, you know, certified car geek inside of this, you know, tech-inspired industry, but it was still a car on four wheels. So they needed someone that could help translate that. And I got to see everything from autonomy to tech development, to engineering, to manufacturing, to government relations, to, I mean, you name it, every single aspect of the automotive business, I had front row seat to. And understanding how the business really works, and not just from a one-pointed perspective, like not just from a perspective of performance, not just from a perspective of a brand, uh, perceiving of a brand, but the real business, and trying to get the public, let alone the world, to understand what you are doing, you have to be incredibly concise and to the point. And there's no reason for fluff. There's no time for, you know, uh, waxing philosophically. It is something that you just have to get down and do. Mm-hmm. And every day was different. Sometimes you were there till, t- till midnight, 2 o'clock in the morning, and sometimes you were there, uh, you know, off to a plane to China to figure out how the heck to get something together. So that really opened my eyes as to how to run a business and how to not run a business uh, and how to find good talent, understand personalities and keep your friends close, but your enemies closer type deal. So you, <laughs> yeah. you figured out real quick who you wanted in your corner to work on a project. Right. And uh, that is something that's really kind of carried over since I've left that company into what I want to do. And, uh, you know, kind of gets into me launching automotive conducts and trying to understand, hey, not everything has to be for millionaires. There's a big open door for all these, you know, normal car guys and moto aficionados. Yeah. I love European cars, but I also have an affinity for bikes. I also have an affinity for other things. And it's okay to like more than one particular thing. It's all right. Yeah. It's fun. 
like let's have fun. And it makes life a lot more interesting too when you have different uh, fascinations with different things. So uh, and it opens up so many other doors as well. Oh yeah, processes, things uh, approaching things, how you are inspired by different things. You know, uh, I have an affinity for architecture, so understanding you know minimalism as well as uh, you know things from the Baroque period and how they were approached and the craftsmanship. I mean, I, I go. I get obsessive about certain things and understanding them is part of my passion and bringing that to the car industry is what I want to do. Passion indeed. How about uh, proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many. Is there one that stands out you'd share with us? Absolutely. Uh, I was at uh, Jaguar Land Rover working as a product communication specialist and we did a really cool project that was, that was really close to my heart. Jaguar launched a design competition for students uh, slash sponsored project for students at Art Center and Academy of Art. Uh, two colleges I looked at very closely before I made my final decision. And um, I got to work with the Jaguar design team and Ian Callum very closely. And having been a fan of Automobile Magazine for a while, uh, Robert Cumberford was also part of the process. And it was something that I had curated, I had put together, I had nurtured from start to finish a whole 14-week program where I was the conduit and I was the representative. I was the Jaguar you know, PR person that helped pull the photographer together, that helped uh, tell the story to the world and work very closely with Robert and get the whole process out and showcase the students' work and showcase their ingenuity and just bring that whole experience. And for me, it was very, very rewarding to see it published in Automobile Magazine, to see all the pieces come together and to see the students that were rewarded for their hard work. And just giving back like that to me is huge. It's something that I'll never forget. It's something that was very much a part of my DNA that got to be published to the rest of the world and on display. And most will see it as a story. I see it more as part of me. A journey, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, very nice. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time again. I'd love for you to talk about your first really special car and maybe share a memory or two with that vehicle. Yeah, uh, ooh, it's it's funny because I've had a weird, very schizophrenic <laughs> uh, automotive collection or uh, ownership history. First car, again, like I said earlier, was a 1994 Volvo 940 non-turbo, so no fun. Uh, you know, little sedan. It was my mother's. I didn't know it, but two years before, we had got her a vanity plate for her birthday. I was the one that came up with it, and the vanity plate was G-R-L-Y, G-R-L. Girly girl. So that was my car. <laughs> I was going to ask, did that did that plate stay on the car? Oh, it did. Oh, it my did. gosh. It oh. very much did. So uh, my <laughs> first car had girly girl as a license plate, which Ouch. was fantastic. <laughs> I was like, wow, I really should have thought that one through. <laughs> but uh, shortly after that, I had a PT Cruiser, which was like my first custom car build. Uh-huh. I was working at a hot rod shop at the time, a custom paint shop, and they showed me how to prep paint and do graphics and airbrush and wet sand, buff, clear coat, you name it. And I was like, well, can I do my car? And they said, yeah, but you got to do it by yourself. So everything we showed you, you got to do. We're going to help you clear coat it because obviously that's a tough part, but everything you got to do. So three weeks of my car in the shop, I figured it out. And, you know, thinking back on it now, it's like, wow. I really should have picked a different theme, but I was really into Tiki for some reason at the time. <laughs> so I had like bamboo style tribal flames with 
amber burnt tips and airbrushed tiki heads. And yeah. I ended up building my own swan neck shifter and put a tiki head in there. I mean, this was a, a former modern car at the time. And yeah. Here I am trying to apply some hot rod things that I read in a magazine poorly. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it was a hot shop. I, I remember picking up a BMW designer at the time. Uh, who I met, and he wanted to go out for lunch. He was working at Design Works, and he's like, come get me, we'll go. And I picked him up in my car, <laughs> and I'm shifting, and he's looking at me, and he's like, what in the hell are you doing? This is such a bizarre little car. Yeah. And it was just a blast. Uh, you know. And then the Fiat 500s came out, and I was obsessed with those, so those were like my next thing. I, re- I, I, I really wish I still had one. For some reason, I'm a, I'm a big guy who likes small cars. So. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like <laughs> So that's a problem. <laughs> oh, from the girly girl to the tiki man to the Fiat 500. You've been yeah. all over the place. I've so. been I'm so <laughs> all over. Now I have a sport wagon since having my daughter. So that's kind of like, you know, the next dad project. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, the first time I've heard schizophrenic, which actually means eclectic in the car world. But, uh <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Now I see where that came from. How about a car that you've owned that you've let go? You mentioned the, the Fiat 500, but is there a car you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? I sold my Abarth to a very close friend of mine, and it is the most obscure, insane, ridiculous, rewarding car I've ever owned. Wow. Just because power to weight and flicking it around, I mean, it really is a go-kart. Like, I've driven minis, and they're fun, but something about the punch of the Fiat and the grunting, it it wants to be bigger than it is, and it doesn't care. And to me, I've always liked that little innuendo. I had mine just basic white, but the minute you start stomping on it and throwing it around, people are like, what the hell just happened? What came by me? Like, I don't know what that is. Who is that guy? And I love it. I absolutely love it. And, uh, you know, I, I wore the tires down on that thing and just slid it around everywhere, traction control off everywhere I drove. I'm sorry, owner who owns it now, who's <laughs> yeah. going to hear this. But, yeah, you know, it, it was a blast. It was an absolute blast. And uh, uh, I will have one in the future. I absolutely love that car. It sounds like it for sure. Well, let's talk about today and what has you really excited and fired up. I'd love for you to share more with our listeners about this new project that's launching here, coming up here very soon, Automotive Conduct. So tell us all about that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it kind of is a seven-year project in the making, and uh, now I'm rewarded with time uh, on my side and a little bit of uh, a little bit more confidence to then take it on. And what it is is it's a destination where it's not just about the car; it's about the journey. So for us, uh, I, I call it you know vehicular inspiration of the motoring kind. So what it really is is it gets down to the root of listen. We all like cars. That that's a given. And we all read reviews. That's a given. We all see the press releases. Okay, that's fine. But what makes road and track road and track? What makes automobile automobile? And for me, I feel like there's a huge hole in the industry where you can empower the automotive enthusiasts that are currently participating and future automotive enthusiasts to go do something and enjoy something and know what to do as a car person in certain destinations. So whether it's taking a road trip to the San Diego Cars and Coffee and trying to figure out where to have lunch, where all the other car guys go, and you know, where car guys are located, coffee shop owners, you know, museums and, you know, hangout spots and things like that. And really bringing that to fruition and working with the hotel industries and the food and beverage industries to find this synergy and this connection. Uh, because when you put together uh, Concorde d'Elegance, pretty sure there's a few good chefs in the audience and some very well-represented brands that are there that 
just don't want to participate at one event a year. They want to know how to sustain that and how to connect on a deeper level uh, with these people because you know, I, I'm sure you are understand this. Car owners and car passion people have a lot of influence across multiple industries. Right. I mentioned architecture. One of my favorite modern architectures today is a man by the name of Jonathan Siegel, who's an avid car collector. Mm-hmm. Immensely respect his work. We were talking earlier about your daughter living in Little Italy. He's got many buildings in and around that area. But one thing that kind of connects with me for him is that every new building he builds now, he builds in a personal garage for his collection. <laughs> nice. And I was smart. like, that's such an amazing thing to do and to take it to that other level and like push himself to make those new spaces where his curated collection can be on display. And it's not for anybody else, it's for himself, but he allows people to come into that inner world once you get it. Right. And I feel that there's an open industry out there that automotive conduct can do, you know, and conduct being a double entendre of conduct and conduct, you know, how people want to go about their lives as a car person and bringing that to fruition, having respect and appreciation for the diverse influences that are around there. I would love to build a motorcycle. I'm definitely afraid of riding them in, my, in California, but I would love to build one. But that doesn't mean that. I can't report on it. That doesn't mean I can't find those people that are good at it and right. show showcase their work to the rest of the world. And for me, that's a huge, a huge opportunity and, and just another ability to help spread the overall enthusiasm. Very cool. Yeah, I think back to Frank Lloyd Wright, who's an architect, my dad, who my dad is an architect and was an architect for his career. He's 84 now, but he introduced me to Frank Lloyd Wright way back when I was little. And I remember uh, I just got a book that I sent my dad, actually, The Cars of Frank Lloyd Wright, because he loved cars as well. I forget that now. (laughs) They all had to be red or kind of that orangey red that was his color, of course. Yeah, he was back into cords and all sorts of, you know, cool cars back in the day, so... Well, we'll all be excited. When will this be launching? Is it May, June, somewhere in there? I'm looking somewhere around uh, June, July. Okay. So uh, we're kind of putting the pieces together right now, and I've got a great team of freelance uh, contributors that are about ready to like jump on board. And, great. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. So. Exciting. And I understand, too, you're going to be starting a podcast. Right. Uh, yeah, it will also be called Automotive Conduct. But, uh, you know, we'll do a one-day-a-week show where we'll interview uh, oddball characters in the car world or people with car aficionado. Uh, so, uh, a good friend of mine named Knowledge Bennett is a uh, local artist, uh, modern artist, very pop infused, and, uh, and uh, I'm fortunate to have one of his pieces at home. But he's a huge fan of the Jaguar F Type, and he went out and bought one, and you know, he uses it as part of his inspiration, as part of his muse, and like finding people like that to me is very intriguing. It's a little bit different, uh, and it's a little bit like, okay, let's let's talk about this passion. Let's talk about your work. Let's right. talk about this, these crossovers. And again, trying to find those crossover moments, and that's what the podcast will be. And that'll launch uh, sometime in June as Very well. cool. We'll look forward to that. Absolutely. Best of luck with all of those ventures. Sounds really exciting. I can't wait to see what you come up with. Here's a very introspective question for you, Ezekiel. If you were a car, what kind of car would Ezekiel be and why? Yeah, when you sent me that question, it, it took a long time for me to try to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I hope I hope so. I, I wanted to inspire a little bit. Yeah, it's one of those things where you you look at the Disney car movies and say, "Where would my voice be a part of?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what would I want it to be? For me, oh, it's it's tough, but I really really uh, enjoy pre war cars. I have a very I, I'm a young guy who likes pre war, not normal. That's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty rare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm fortunate to know some gentlemen who actually work on pre-war cars, and uh, it's a blast. But I have a thing for Duesenbergs. 
you know, and uh, the craftsmanship, the, the power, the uniqueness, the colors, the they were just so far ahead of their time. And they just really were dedicated towards craft. And for me, that a lot of that kind of comes out in, in what I do and what I try to emulate. It's like, I don't have to be around forever, but I want to make sure you remember. Nice. And that's what I that's what I enjoy about Duesenberg is that no one doesn't know what a Duesenberg is. You know, I yeah. think you might be the first Duesenberg here on Cars, yeah, which is pretty cool. Oh, wow. So 700 episodes, first Duesenberg. That's, yeah, <laughs> which is, you know, different because Duesenberg's, man, iconic brand, of course. And, oh, uh, huge, huge. Huge, even for people that maybe don't know much about the car, but when they see one, it certainly is impressive. So uh, nice fit. Thanks for putting some some thought to this. <laughs> Very good. Well, Ezekiel, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars, yeah, sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Ezekiel, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Have you done it to the best of your abilities? Absolutely. If you're going to do something, do the best you can. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? Yeah, uh, sketching, doodling, you know, doodling, doodle, doodle, doodle. Yeah, having yeah. grown up with a dad who was an artist, my father's still an artist, an architect, he used to take us to the San Diego Zoo after church on Sundays. My mom mm -hmm. and dad, we'd pack a picnic, and we had sketchbooks, and we'd get to pick, my sister and I'd get to pick the animal we'd sit in front of, and then he would say something like, draw the elephant's ear, mm -hmm. or draw that tree's trunk or something, and often often wonder what happened to all those sketchbooks, because uh, there was a lot of them. Yeah, doodling gets you to really understand what you're looking at and what you're thinking Right. Exactly. Uh, and uh, yeah, that yeah. definitely is something I won't give up. Yeah. And even if you if you think you can't draw, it's a great exercise to get your mind going. Just it really is. Just drawing lines and squiggles and 
shapes and coloring them in, whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of like journaling in a way. So, mm -hmm. do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that uh, you think is really great? Uh, for me, notcot.org, N O T C O T.org. One of the most eclectic, and I still use it to this day for any kind of inspiration. It's uh, populated by users and, and people that find obscure, beautiful things across the world, and they can be anything cars, products, graphic design, you name it. Uh, and I'll go on there about once a week. It's updated daily, but I go on there once a week to kind of get a download. And I, I just see what, what else is out there. Color, color palettes, design language, you know, what's the world up to? Wow. And uh, from that creative perspective, and that really just keeps me motivated and tries, you know, again, it goes back to trying to find those crossover moments. I'm excited. I'm going to go there and start checking it out. Yeah. If you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Ooh, that's a very good question. Um, Harley Earl. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. 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 Harley Earl would be a really great one just to say, you know, how how brave were you and, you know, just to get that bravado-ness to rub off a little bit and right. just understand his, his grandeur. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, yeah. Iconic guy for sure. Well, how about a book? Would you share a book with our listeners you think is worth reading? Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a I have a daughter now, and so I'm really, really fond of Dwight Knowlton's books, uh, The Little Red Race Car and The Greatest <laughs> yeah. Race. I'm really looking forward to his next book, uh, The Silver Speedster. Yes. Um, and so those books are wonderful. They're just beautiful for a car guy, and it's something I, I can't wait until my daughter can understand. I've had Dwight on the show now three times, and oh, each yeah. time we've promoted each of his books. I can't wait for the next one for sure. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, he was an early guest. He's become a friend. I uh, love what he does. And yeah, I can't wait to to get the new book about the Speedster because I'm a big Porsche fan. So that yeah, fits right into here. my genre. My <laughs> kids are growing up, but I'm still buying copies for them. So uh, they can hand those down. If uh, I'm fortunate enough to be a grandfather someday, they can uh, share those with their children for sure. Well, Richard, you can find links to all these great resources on Ezekiel's show notes page. And since he's the only Ezekiel here on Cars Yeah, he'll be easy to find. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type Ezekiel into the search bar or add Wheeler, which, like I said at the beginning, perfect last name for a guy who's a car guy, Wheeler. I like that. Into the search bar and his page will pop up. And there's also a great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where these books by Dwight T. Knowlton are listed. If you don't know about Dwight T. Knowlton, you got to go check out absolutely. and see what he's doing and get copies of these books. They're absolutely fantastic. But there's, gosh, now I've got over 765 guests on the show here with awesome books. I've set it up so it's quick, easy clicks to buy. My guests have the best book recommendations. So check that out. That's a great resource on the Cars yeah website. All right. Speaking of Duesenbergs, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector, nice pun. If you could have only yeah. one collector car in your garage, Ezekiel, but don't worry about the cost because today I'm going to buy you anything you'd like. But you got to drive it like you drove that Fiat hard, put it up wet. Mm -hmm. Okay. What would that vehicle be and why? It would have to be Ayrton Senna NF NSX. Ooh, okay. Primarily because it's a street car that I could own and drive. It had balance, it had poise. And it's close to me because my daughter's name is Senna. I, you know, so. I, was, I was hoping you'd bring that up. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful name. I'm a huge fan of Senna as well. In fact, I've got one of his quotes on my business cards. So much I like Ayrton Senna and enjoyed following him in racing. What is it about that car? Now, the Senna NSX, I mean, obviously the NSX, the first gen car, yeah, right, we're yeah. talking about. So uh, 
The new one's pretty cool too, but uh, that first one was so different. So what is it about that car that you love so much? It's funny because when you first saw it compared to other supercars, it didn't really stand out that much. It, right. it was it was kind of like the uh, you know wolf in sheep's clothing once you got under underneath it. And I think as people understand the car, or people who understood the car at the time really understood you had to be the driver. The car wasn't going to do it for you. Everything else was figured out. You just had to figure it out. So for me, that's that's incredibly rewarding. It's like when I figured out my Fiat and was able to find that that limit. It, it's something that can't be described, and only drivers get. And only if you talk to a race car driver, they can tell you set up to their blue in the face. But until you got your butt in the seat and you're driving the car, and you're like, how do you brake so deep? It's like, well, you feel it, you understand it. And so for that car, not only its historical context and understanding who was behind it and understanding the obsession of doing it, but it also inspired Gordon Murray to do his F1. You know, it also inspired several generations later to eliminate the unnecessary. And uh, that's what's uh, very special to me about that car. Yeah, very cool. I'm sure you've seen the video where he jumped into a nsx and went for a drive oh, around yeah that Suzuka. yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and loafers no less he's like yeah, i'll just pop in here no yeah big no big deal yeah that's called seat time mm-hmm. well ezekiel you've taken us on an awesome ride today i knew you would and i've really enjoyed getting to know you better and i want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the cars Yell listeners and with me would you give us one parting piece of guidance or wisdom before you rip off into the sunset in that senna nsx <laughs> absolutely never give up on your passion Keep pushing and always just stay true to yourself. That's what's really, really going to make you you, and people will respect you more for it. That's the way to do it. Great advice. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and follow along with you? Sure. You can uh, visit the website, automotiveconduct.com, and uh, you can find out more there or follow my Instagram at autoconduct. Awesome. Great. Well, listeners, You'll find links to all these great resources again on Ezekiel's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. So check it out. We're all going to be looking forward to this new launch coming up uh, this summer. Be fantastic. Can't wait Thank to you. yeah stay in touch with me so I can do some updates on all the social media that I follow here and push all my Cars yeah guests on. So let me know when that launches and we'll push that out there for all our listeners to find out about. Ezekiel, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yow listeners and me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much. It was great being on your show. My pleasure. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design, and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts.
where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.